Hey students, this is just a quick note at the beginning of this episode. This is a rerun. Brother Wing and I are out doing all kinds of crazy summer stuff, and we're going to be playing a little bit of the best ofs for this week, maybe a little next week. We'll see if we can get together, uh, get our schedules lined up. But we hope you enjoyed this episode. It's one of our most listened to episodes. Thanks for listening. Stay righteous, everybody. We love your guts. are a lot of questions. There are just as many answers. This is a podcast made for young adults who are learning more about the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. This is a podcast devoted to helping you study scriptures on your own. This is Answers to Gospel Questions. Students, you're listening to Answers to Gospel Questions. It's me, Brother Lawson. Eric Wing, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. This is a different uh, podcast today because we actually have more people watching us. And so uh, we're, we're actually at the YSA conference in Bentonville, Arkansas, recording this. And and so it's just going to be, it's just a little different. Yeah, it's also different that we're actually sitting next to each yes, other. Yes, we are. We are. We, usually we are in separate places recording this. All right, so this week, students, uh, is uh, the week leading up to Easter. I'm not sure. uh, Easter has come a long way since I was a kid. There used to be uh, two types of jelly beans, terrible kind and good kind. And now there there are uh, super good kind. What's What's the best jelly bean at Easter? The best jelly bean for me is the one that's not eaten. I do not like jelly beans. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're all gross to me. All right. So I know a lot of you are tuning out from this podcast right now because of (laughs) Brother Wing's (laughs) terrible views on jelly beans. But I like chocolate a lot. (laughs) Starburst jelly beans are fantastic. And Jolly Rancher jelly beans. Anyway, so as we we approach this uh, coming up on Easter... Uh, obviously, one of the main things we, you know, Easter morning, we remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, this is a week where we focus on on the Savior, and hopefully during the whole week, it's kind of interesting to uh, to consider the, the events of his life leading up to uh, Calvary and Gethsemane and, and then the empty tomb. But one question that gets asked quite a bit, uh, and it's based on something that's said quite a lot uh, a lot of times, is... Um, revolves around how the how the Savior is actually able to give us power, and how He actually is able to heal us, and how He is actually able to make a, a difference uh, in our lives. And so we're going to explore that today. How how really does the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? How can it empower us and give us hope and healing and all those things? What do you think, Brother Wing? Yeah, I think this really connects with us when we think about we know the gospel, we believe in Christ, we go to church, and yet sometimes we're not always seeing the effects that are promised mm-hmm. or, the, or the, the effects that we expect. And so that creates a little bit of an issue for us. We kind of have to think it through and is, is there what's going on here, you know? And so I, when, we, when we were talking about this topic, I thought of an experience I had when I was bishop and I had a sister I was working with, and she had a lot of various issues going on in her life that she was seeking counsel about and wanting help with. And I would give her some suggestions, but she would never do 
anything that I told her to do. Um, and, uh, and for months, you know, I would meet with her quite regularly. And uh, one time she comes in and she says, um, Bishop, I did this. I tried this. And, I mean, these are, these are some pretty um, alternative efforts to try to heal herself. <laughs> that's a, right? good, you that's know? a good way to say it. And, um, and she was describing all of these things that she did. And um, I said to her, it sounds like you've just almost exhausted your resources in trying everything to find peace and resolution in your life except for doing it Jesus's way. And that somehow caught her attention that she, and then for the first time ever, she actually like asked, I think, a question with the intent to do mm. something. And so she asked me, she goes, well, what is Jesus's way of, of healing and solving this problem? And so now we could, now we could start somewhere. I think that's a great question that she asked, and what a great question to go to the scriptures and to study the the life of the Savior. What is Jesus's way of of healing? Um, what do you have? Yeah, so what is his way. So there's a lot. You know, we could probably open the scriptures anywhere mm -hmm. and start with that question and find right. something to to do and something some effective way to to make steady progress. I'm going to go to Moses chapter six, verse fifty-two. This to me is a really uh, profound verse. There's a lot to it, but watch each phrase as I, as I read this. Moses chapter 6, verse 52. Uh, it says, And he also said unto him, If thou wilt turn unto me, and hearken unto my voice, and believe, and repent of all thy transgressions, and be baptized, even in water, in the name of mine only begotten Son, who is full of grace and truth, which is Jesus Christ, the only name which shall be given under heaven, whereby salvation shall come unto the children of men, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, asking all things in his name, and whatsoever ye shall ask, it shall be given you. And so I know that can kind of feel broad. There's a lot of terms in there that maybe don't, uh, we kind of have to unpack in a way and say like, okay, so what does that actually mean? And then what does that mean for me right now uh, in my life? Um, we might connect, say, well, okay, I've been baptized, or I understand that Jesus is the only begotten Son. But when you, say, when you see phrases like, if thou wilt turn unto me, so how do we turn to God? Uh, where's the, where, is our, where is our focus in life? And when we go with, with any specific day of our life, um, what do we, what do we, uh, where do we put most of our attention? And so... If it's not on God, um, or or we're not thinking about God as much, we might be able to correct that uh, by just praying always and, and turning to Him, turning to Him for uh, this kind of, of relief and focusing more attention on Him. We might also see the end of that verse where it says that you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and that by the by the power of the Spirit we can be blessed to know what to pray for. Uh, even words can be given to us. And we can connect with God and let that be, let Jesus be a little more in the center uh, of our life. And through um, focus on him, which will be aided by, our, by sincere prayer and scripture study, we can start to let the Holy Ghost 
uh, effectively and steadily change us and receive the benefits that we're looking for. I love that. I was thinking as you were sharing that, uh, the that seems like that's going to take some time. That's not necessarily an instantaneous, you know, when we center our lives on, this, on the Savior, I think our lives instantly get better for to some degree, but that doesn't mean that everything automatically just is, is perfect for us. I was thinking about my daughter who's serving a mission in the Philippines right now, and she got there, she'd been there like two or three days, and she, someone fed them uh, chicken feet, which I, I love chicken feet. And but she had never you like, eaten. You like jelly feet. beans and chicken feet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Easter morning. Uh, the um, and she got really sick. She got really sick. Now my daughter, she hates to be sick. Like she's a pretty tough girl, but when she gets sick, it's like the end of the world for her. And and so we were we were FaceTiming with her, and she was just like, oh, I'm so you know, she it was so sad to see her so sad, and all she. All she's ever wanted in her whole life when she gets sick is to be better instantly. And it's very rare that there's some problem in our life that, uh, you know, a, a physical illness or a spiritual illness that can be resolved instantly. Um, however, it can be resolved. I love what, what Alma teaches in, uh, in Alma chapter 7 about the Savior. He says that, um, that the Savior will... Uh, will take upon him the pains and the sicknesses of his people. That's, that's good news, right? Then he goes on and says, And he'll take upon him death, and he'll loose the bands of death which bind his people. And he'll take upon him their infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know, how to, that he, uh, may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. That word succor, I love, that means uh, to run to, to help. Um, I think that that one of the things that's important, I also was thinking as you were sharing that, uh, that story about that good sister, is when the Savior ran to and helped, ran to, uh, figuratively speaking, but actually physically went to this man who was, who was blind in the New Testament um, and healed him, he, the, the man began to receive his sight, but slowly, by degrees. Um, when the Savior runs to and, and helps us, when we're focused on Him and relying on Him to heal us, we have to go through the whole treatment process. And that treatment is oftentimes not an instantaneous thing. It takes a, it takes a little bit of time, uh, of focused effort on our part. We know He's going to be focused on us, but it's going to take uh, focus on our part on Him as well. Yeah, that's part of the trust that we put in Him, that things changes and experiences uh, will happen in the, at the right time and that, um, that we, we can be effectively healed, like truly healed. Uh, but it, like you say, it, it will be a process. Um, but where our focus can be is like, okay, so what's the next step? Yeah. You know, we can think in big terms, mm-hmm. you know, but now, okay, so let's now whittle that down to what am I going to do now um, in my life? And that's where I think the Book of Mormon, the very last chapter, which I know we're really familiar with, um, where uh, Moroni encourages us to read the Book of Mormon and to pray about it. But these phrases that he uses in in seeking to know the truthfulness of this record, he says, um, I would exhort you that you should ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus, if these things are not true. 
And if ye shall ask, and then this is, these are the phrases that might apply here, with a sincere heart, with real intent, hmm. uh, which I'm going to define that as a sincere heart, I really want to learn something. And with real intent, I really intend to do something about it. And so today, uh, students, if you were to open up your scriptures wherever, have a prayer about what's going on in your life, study those as if God is going to talk to you um, and inspire you and, and read them with a sincere heart. You really want to learn something. And with real intent that you're, you really intend, if God's going to prompt you, he might not, but if he is going to prompt you to do something, that you're willing to get started on that thing. And that is a way, a practical way, that we can turn to him and truly do things his way. Excellent. I love that. Great testimony, Brother Wing. Thanks, students, for joining us on this episode of Answers to Gospel Questions. We'll, we'll catch you again on Wednesday. Go ahead and share this podcast with, every, with whoever you like to. And until next time, everybody, we love your guts. Stay righteous.